The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Some, sometimes when I wake up on Sunday morning, I wake up before the alarm goes off, and, and as I get my wits about me, I realize that I have been dreaming that I planned the wrong sermon. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, I, I try to go back to sleep and redream that I planned the right sermon. But that has never worked. And as I woke up this morning, I thought, you know what I really want? What I really want is a to-do list. So I went back and looked at this passage. Don't wear long robes. Be greeted like everybody. Hi, pastor. Give up the best seats in the house of worship. Don't pray long prayers. I don't really want a to-do list, you know. Be kind to widows and widowers. I I can do that. Put your whole bank account in the treasury. You know, I'm not sure I want want a to-do list. What I need to confess is that sometimes when we do what we call preaching, it's really allowing you to overhear the conversations that as pastors we have with God all week long. And I've been wrestling with this passage. You see, usually we see it as as moving from the critique of ostentatious religious practices to the display of faithful sacrifice, and, and, and that's there. Don't be like those pompous scribes who were unscrupulous. Be like the one who serves faithfully and quietly day in and day out. Now, not all the scribes were condemned. You remember last week when, when the scribe says, loving God, 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving neighbor as yourself is, is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifice. And Jesus said, you're not far. I wish he'd have said, you're really, really close, but you know, it's a matter of perspective. So we need not condemn the whole lot of scribes with this passage. We must also take care not to put the widow on a pedestal. For in putting folks on pedestals, particularly those who serve, we, we really excise hope from our lives because we cannot imagine ourselves serving alongside them. I mean, it's easy at this point to say, look at Mother Teresa, what a life she lived, and how many of us can even begin to fathom living that kind of life in Beaumont, Texas. Mother Teresa lived that life because that was the life to which she was called. So, so how do we get from, from unscrupulous scribes and faithful servant widows to, to our lives? I, 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 find, I find these three, three, three movements of life helpful. From offering, from sacrifice to offering. From, from, from doing to being and, and from accomplishing to becoming. Now, it, 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 it's a struggle be, be, because the, there are to-do lists in these movements, and there are things that we cannot accomplish by doing. We have to allow them to be accomplished within us by God's grace. Moving from, from simply sacrifice to offering, the place that I go is number 607 in your red UM hymnal in the pew. It's the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. For the first time in, in 25 years of going to annual conference, I spoke at annual conference to an issue. And I included the beginning and the ending of this prayer in that one-minute speech. I, I, I had hoped in my whole life never to have to speak to an issue on the floor of the annual conference. I, it's just not where I belong. But I was compelled so to do, and, and this is that prayer. I am no longer... I can't even pray it because it's in my bones. I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thou wilt, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low by thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
Thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it, and the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Offering is giving ourselves to God as completely as God gives life to us. Offering is giving ourselves to God as completely as God gives life to us. To a people who are, from doing to being. This morning in 915 prayer and communion service, Pastor W.C. Hall read the Beatitudes, and as he read those, I found myself breathing in on the blesseds and breathing out on the blessings. Breathing in with blessed are the poor in spirit, breathing out for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When we look at life and our to-do lists, as beginning with breathing. It alters our focus. It helps to change our mind because all of life begins with breathing. I, I remember being a little kid a long time ago, and saying things like, I'll hold my breath until you do what I want you to do. <laughs> Anybody older than me looked at me and said, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and we all know what happens if you hold your breath so long, your body is compelled to breathe. As, as we recount the stories of creation, life became life when God breathed into the dust that had been formed. So our very breathing is God's breath of life. And in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the word for breath is the same word for wind. And the word for breath and wind is the same word for spirit. And so our breathing is how close God's spirit is with us 
within us. Breathe. One one year when I was in charge of a retreat for pastors, had a guy named Wayne Mueller come in and he, he he did the thing that we're told not to do with live microphones. First thing he did, he stood up at the, at, 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 at the lectern and, and he looked out at us and he went, <gasps> and breathed into the microphone. I was standing in the back going, oh, what did he do? Why did he do that? And he did it again. And he did it a third time. And with every lecture he gave, he breathed into the microphone to begin in order to help us breathe ourselves that we might rest even for a moment that we might breathe in Christ's peace and breathe out all of our anxious thoughts and worries. The very origin of all life is breathing, and breathing is being. So as we move from sacrifice to offering and and doing to being, we, we can begin to make the move from accomplishing to becoming. And and that's one of the most difficult things for me because I like to have objectives. I like to have a to-do list. At the end of the day, I can have an already done list. Amen? I mean, you wake up and you've got your list and you start marking things off and I can say at the end of the day, look, I'm successful. I've done all these things. And we call this thing we do faith practice. Because every day we wake up, we say, today I begin. And even after all these years of practicing our faith at the beginning of every day, we really are beginners. And so we do these things over and over and over. We pray every day, and there's always, always room for more praying. We, we, we gather weekly to celebrate Eucharist at 9.15 in the morning every Sunday and, and, and then on the first and third Sundays uh, at 11 o'clock because there's always time to feast together at this table. We search the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation year after year again and again because as we grow these words are made new and bring new life to us again and again. We tithe and we fast because those are disciplines and means of grace which are a part of the fabric of our lives because there's always more to be. This last week, one of my favorite people in the world, and I know that because she told me had a post on Facebook. It was a picture of her two-year-old son, C.L. 
And I, I, I messaged her, I posted back, I, I said, can I coach you? She said, absolutely, but be sure to tell your people that, that behind your family, I'm one of your favorite people in the world. She's a mom, she's a wife. And she wrote this in the midst of the post. I recently had someone ask me if I have bigger dreams than just being a wife and a mom. For a minute I thought, quote, I must not be doing enough with my life, quote. I've prayed hard for clarity since then, and this tired, cranky, foot-in-my-ribs boy snoring next to me was my answer. Laying there in the hotel room in Houston because we both have appointments with our doctor this week, God answered me. I live for this child and his daddy. Making them happy is what gives my life meaning. I love being the partner for my husband, learning more about and helping him grow our cattle business. His passions make mine possible. And she wrote this. And I needed to hear that this week. Ladies and gents, you are enough. You are doing enough. Don't compare your life to anyone. Be authentic. Do what you do best. Don't let anyone ever make you think that you aren't enough or you aren't doing enough. Take a deep breath. Slow down for real and let it soak in. Time doesn't slow down. You can't take it with you when you go. And at the end of the day, the people you go home to are the most important, period. We are home here together as God's people. And God's call upon our lives, individually and collectively, is to receive the gift of life for what it is, and to participate in our faith practice that we may become those who love this city with the heart of Christ, just like we are breathing. From moment to moment, from day to day, from year to year, as God's people, May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.